You're listening to Paddle Up, Little Adventures with Lisa and Craig. We're a married couple that believe in the power of experiences, because experiences are what lead to an impactful life. Now, let's Let's brace brace for for impact. impact. Welcome back, everyone. Episode 6, Lift While You Climb. Boy, that's a mouthful, Craig. What does that mean? That sounds like work. It does. Physical. Yeah, physical labor. Um, well, what does it mean for us? Uh, geez, I, th- I think that's the point of this episode, isn't it? We're going to dive into that and kind of talk, take a walk through how we've been using that phrase um, at next last, what, six months or so? It, it's kind of caught fire think, around here. Uh, probably the last year, year and a half, we've oh, you think used so? that phrase, lift while we climb, because I would say we've progressed with our pickleball skill level the last year, elevated. I would say so. But it goes beyond pickleball as well. I think we've been applying that across our across our life too. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's the intent here is to kind of go through that and do some self-reflection on what that's meant for us and where I think it could take us in the future. But first, we Let's have- Let's do a, some self-reflection on our last pickleball tournament for pickleball those who are interested. Day, yes. We played in Sun Prairie. They had a tournament in- a couple weekends ago called the Fun Prairie Pickleball Tournament. Yep, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. So we traveled up there from our neck of the woods. It's probably 40, 45 minutes up to Sun Prairie. I had never been at those courts, outdoor facilities, and they were beautiful. How, how many courts would you say they had there? Uh, they had 10. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I, we here in Janesville only have six outdoor well, courts, so to go to a place that had more than six... Um, was pretty phenomenal. For Wisconsin period to have ten a ten court facility anywhere is uh, around here is pretty pretty rare. Yeah, I, I would say. And so normally we play mixed doubles, and so we did that in this tournament. But you also played in men's doubles, and I played in women's doubles. Mixed doubles was on Sunday, like it normally is, and so we yeah we decided to each um, get a, a separate gender partner and play men's and women's four o four o plus on Saturday. And boy, was, was that hot. Yeah, was that a was that a questionable choice? In, that in was hindsight. a capital H, capital O, capital T. I believe on the court, it was like a hundred and four degrees. Hundred and four on the court. So much so, we actually were very strategic on Friday night and thought about what we should take in addition to the obvious, lots of water and lots of electrolytes. We actually bought ice and brought towels so that we could ice the towels and put it around our necks so that we were not, you know, just falling off the courts with, you know, hydration issues. Not only did we bring towels, we actually went to a store like a day or two before and actually bought some, but bought some specific towels for this. And I say specific, they're just bath towels or oversized hand towels, but we trying to find some really good absorbent, nice, like cushy towels that would soak that cold water up and really feel good across our back of our necks and our heads because we knew that heat was coming. So now in the Herda household, they're called pickleball towels yes. and they have their own special pickleball yeah. place downstairs. So yeah, we played on Saturday. Um, again, 4-0 plus men's and women's. Um, Lisa, do you want to talk about how you did with your partner? Sure. Um, in other pickleball tournaments, One of the things that we really like about the sport is that it is very social. And when you play tournaments, one advantage or benefit is that you get to meet people, wonderful people across the state and across other states in the United States. And one of the uh, wonderful people I got to meet um, at numerous 
tournaments throughout the past year, year and a half, um, was a friend named Lori, and she's up in the Green Bay area. So I reached out to her on social media Mm -hmm. and asked her if she wanted to be my partner in women's. And I thought it was a far cry because it's Sun Prairie. She lives in Green Bay. She would have to travel down. How far is that? It was about two and a half, three hours, I think yeah, she said. It's a so drive. it's 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 a bit of a travel. But I learned when she was my partner that she is trying to achieve playing in a pickleball tournament in every state. So driving two and a half hours was not a big deal to her. So I was very grateful. Um, but we had never played with each other until that day. So that's really hard, not only A, to play in a pickleball tournament because of the stress and you want to play at your best. But also, B, you're playing with somebody you haven't ever played a game with, not even a rec play. So in the end, um, we didn't get into the the bracket final, but we played really well. We won a few games. We lost a few in the middle, but we came back strong in the end. So I think we went, I think, 50-50. But I was really proud of how we played, even at that level, 4-0 plus level, never playing before, and trying to figure each other out um, against really good players on the other side of the net um, and get to a 50-50 end result. So thanks, Lori, if you're listening. I appreciate. And we we even said at the very end, we've got potential. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll play in a few other women's doubles tournaments here um, throughout the next couple of years. And uh, on the men's side, I play with my fr- uh, my friend Blake out of Madison. Um, this is our first time as well playing in a tournament together. We've played a lot of rec together, I would say. Um, Lisa, you and I have played with Blake and his partner Michelle quite a bit. But then um, him and I have been playing a little bit as partners just trying to get ready for this tournament. But it was our first tournament um, we've ever played in. And I guess the word of the day was inconsistency. Um, we We quite literally won one, lost one. Won one, lost one. Rinse and repeat throughout the day. So lots of ups and downs on. A lot of emotions. We finished over 500. We scraped our way to the bronze medal match. But of the teams we all played earlier in the day in the round robin, there was one team we did not want to see in the playoff. And of course, we get to the bronze medal match, and who's there waiting for us? But the this, one team you didn't want to see. This team we just couldn't figure out. They just they just had our number, and uh, they they beat us fairly. Fairly solidly. I mean, we put up a better fight than we did the first time, but they did win. Um, so we we got did get fourth place. And normally when you play a tournament, fourth place is – the joke is, you know, fourth place is the first loser because medals or prizes go out for the first, second, third, gold, silver, bronze. And so we thought that was just kind of the end of it. But then they called us up there as they were annou- they wanted to announce the winners. And we're like, okay. We got fourth. What's going on? Yeah, right. And so we stood there to the side and the gold medalists got their medals and the silver medalists got theirs and then the bronze medalist. And they came out with a handful of pickleballs for, for Blake and I and said, fourth place goes to Craig and Blake. And they actually get, get put us as part of the ceremony. So that was kind of a nice little, I don't know, kind of a sweet little surprise. I didn't really expect that. I'd never seen that happen. In a, like a consolation prize. Yeah, we got the uh, we got the Mr. Congeniality Award. Yeah, the, that was uh, the first the tournament. tournament I had ever seen that in. And I actually liked that because when you're in that bronze medal match... You're in you're in a medal match, but they never really do anything for the fourth place winner because it's thanks for playing thanks and that's for playing. the end of it. Yeah. So here they recognized you, and I thought that was really yeah, special. Cool. And it's something that we talked about integrating into the tournament that we oversee and direct um, here in Janesville over the Fourth of July tournament. So Sun Prairie tournament directors, if you're listening, we might steal that idea. Yeah, right. 
Um, so yeah, so that was Saturday. We were more than happy to get off the courts because we said it was steaming hot. We just couldn't get home soon enough. Actually, we went, I think that back, we actually went to a bar before. We had <laughs> an adult a, beverage yeah. after that long, hot day. A bar and restaurant and had uh, a light meal and, and a couple of drinks and then went home just to cool down and kind of get reset because we had to play Sunday. So we played Saturday afternoon um, through the, all that heat. We knew we had to play Sunday morning, so we just wanted to get reset as soon as we could. So uh, some air conditioning and a cold beverage and then got, got our butts home and showered yep. and went to bed. And went we were to up bed next morning and came right back for the, uh, the mixed, doubles. mixed doubles for all. Because they were right at 8 o'clock yep. or 8.30 in the morning. Yep. So we did have to get to bed early Saturday because we had an early rise and get back on the court. And it wasn't as hot on Sunday, but it was still hot. Yeah. And and, and so as not to bury the lead on this topic, but by golly, we won our first uh, medal and it was our first gold medal in quite, quite a while. Quite a while. I think since it, uh, end of last year or maybe early of this year. It's been, it's been several months and several tournaments since we've really performed well. Well, I think for those that are listening, and if they've listened to episodes one through five, we've talked about some of our struggles and some of our aha moments about things that we want to change and things that we want to improve on. Um, because as you know, when you're playing with your partner or your spouse, it's a little bit more difficult. So we were just trying to work through some things. And I think everything came to fruition on that Sunday when we were playing in that Sun Prairie tournament. But the one thing that I was so proud of you, Craig. Who? Yeah, oh me, okay. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> All right. That I was so proud of you because I always known you have had this potential is Craig was more aggressive. If you've ever watched pro pickleball the gentlemen are usually the more aggressive type what do you mean player. what do you mean by aggressive meaning they come over more i don't want to say they push the female off the court but they just you're more you're stronger you're more aggressive you can hit the ball harder i mean i have muscles too but your muscles are a little bit bigger than i so you can what i call put it away quicker in a point than maybe what i could so you just epitomized what I had always dreamed about in my head, and you did that on the court. And you didn't necessarily do it in game one until we switched sides because we were down 1-6. And we switched at 6. The other two players went to our side, and we went to their side for equity. And you literally looked at me when we were going across to the other side and said, this isn't going to happen. And that's when I think you took it up a notch. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And um, to loop back uh, to what you had said earlier about uh, for folks who've listened er to previous episodes, when we started this whole podcast uh, thing, um, we were just finishing up quite the run or quite the streak of gold medals. We were kind of winning everything. In 2022, I don't think we lost a tournament that we entered in 40 plus. And so we, I think part of our, Maybe looking back now, I think part of our uh, intent with the podcast was to chronicle that super awesome, never slowing down, always upward pickleball journey. And then with by episode two, we started losing and really running into the, some roadblocks in terms of our dynamic, both on the court. But I think that that bleeds to and fro from just normal life too. I mean, you you interact with your significant other um, consistently. I think for most people do whether in it's daily life, in daily life or in a court or if you're in a social setting or whatever it is, you know, if you're having, if there's a, if there's a problem or an issue with your dynamic, it's going to be pervasive throughout. You can't just turn it off once you go to a certain other 
context. So I can't be mad at you because you didn't unload the dishes in the dishwasher and then just be oh so jolly on the pickleball court. I an don't hour think later. a lot of coaches would advise that strategy. <laughs> no. So we we really turned a switch, or you turned a switch. You turned but, it up, and we're really aggressive. And that you not only I saw that, and I think that then made me more confident and more aggressive. And you have to understand, for those of you that are listening, Madison or the Madison area is a very strong pickleball group. I mean, they have courts in Sun Prairie, McFarland. They have 43 courts in greater Madison yeah, area. So and, they, and, just a, and a really strong, it's a big, it's a small, a bigger town, but it's almost half a million people compared to where we live. So yeah. It's, so we, we were the out of towners, so to say, at this pickleball tournament and people were quite amazed that we walked away with the gold because of the fact that we kept to our strategy. Not only were you aggressive, but we kept to our strategy, which is being the slowest players slowest, on the court. Slowest and lowest. So do you want to talk about what that means to people? Yes. But first, I'll go back. You said people were amazed. It's not like we're look, not like we're gloating, saying, hey, and we were st- everybody was staring at us going, saying, look at us. It wasn't that. We actually had some feedback from other people who actually weren't even there that talked to a lot of the players that were there that day that then came back to us and said, yeah, I was hearing, and they're, they're telling us, you know, I was hearing from these Madison area players, yeah, there's this one couple that came all the way from Janesville and just beat everybody. So that was that was kind of the cool feedback we got. So when you say amazed, it was just, it, it wasn't us going, hey, we must be awesome. It was other people sometimes saying- sometimes we're really not. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm quite the opposite. I, feel, I really feel like I need, I need that pump up sometimes from other people because I don't think I'm all that much, you know, in life in general. So to hear that from feedback was really, that was- I was amazed that they were that impressed that we came up and won. That was really a cool moment. Well, so there was just really good competition. I want yeah. to say kudos to all Extremely. of those mixed doubles teams that we played against because I was really proud of us because we beat those really well, other good teams. 16, 16 teams. Yeah, out of 16. I walked in there that day going, okay, I just want to play well and walk away knowing that you and I played our to our best abilities. And by God, we did that. And, and we actually beat some really good competitive teams because that's really what we've been looking for is the opportunity to play against more competitive teams because that's how we as a pickleball team Team. is going to get better um so go back to your question on how we did that i actually don't have a really solid uh succinct answer it's kind of it's actually kind of hard to set and think about it's it's kind of difficult to package nice and tidy especially for like a podcast like this but i think one of the one of the biggest things is actually two. It's actually two things woven in one. First one was I think we were both stayed very calm. Like even like you said, we got down one six in that very first game. I did say, I look did look at you and say this isn't happening, but it wasn't like I got all wound up, you know, um, Yosemite Sam style and started just you know freaking out and running around and going crazy. I really it was just a matter of focus and knowing. You guys have heard this from pick, heard this from us, and you probably heard this elsewhere in pickleball. But um, everyone makes a run, and it's never too late. I mean, you can get down big, and you, you, there's always time to come back. Pickleball is a very good equalizer of both for both teams, and so there's always a chance to to climb back into a into a game or a match. So, I think that was one thing. But again, woven into that into that calmness was I think you and I have made some really good strides off the court, just in normal life with better understanding each other that's a really terrible 
because you, you don't uh, think generic that you way to say it, but have everybody figured out after ten years of knowing each other, which is how long we've known each other. Yeah, so we've had some we've had some um, some I don't say rough spots, but we've had some issues off 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 the courts too in terms of just our own dynamic and trying to understand each other, and that's always been there up and down because of previous life experience. Well, and we're also opposites attract. You are a very different human being than I am. We are wound differently, if I'd like to say it that way. But I also think part of this episode of lifting while you climb is we're trying to be a little bit more cognizant being our second marriage. That's where I want to go. Because I want learning is that that I want you to, I want to be able to lift you up better. But you use that word ghosts. Yeah, I use it a lot that I have ghosts from my previous marriage that are what I call, and you are probably familiar with this word, they're triggers um, for me. And they really throw me for a loop. Um, Both of us, I think, have those. I think we've both identified that. I mean, we've always known that, but it's hard to really stop and and accept it in the moment. Exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean, please. No, it's just sometimes I will say to you after the fact, like, I didn't understand why I was so upset. I was just so, it's kind of like fight or flight. My emotions are overrunning me, but I can't logically and cognitively reason with myself as to why I'm that emotionally charged. It's not until I step back and go, well, if I think about this a little bit better, Lisa, it's probably this ghost of mine feeling X, Y, or Z. And you have similar ghosts from you. And just this past weekend, it was a great example of you, you you said, I'm like, that's a great analogy, Craig. You said our ghosts pass in next to each other, almost as if uneven um, wind, weather well, I, conditions. I, it just didn't, we were just literally talking and it just came to my brain as we were talking, but it just felt like we, we, we create our own tornadoes, I guess is what we, what I said, where you have like, when you have, you know what, a tornado is created when you have two unstable air masses, usually of different temperatures passing close by each other and you get that circular effect. And that's what creates that, it creates its own energy, energy, um, source and it creates an out of control tornado that, that kind of runs roughshod for you know, a short period of time. And it, it just hit me as we were talking, like, that's kind of what we do to ourselves. I think a lot of times both again on the court, but even, or not even, but especially, at home. In daily life. Yeah. yeah. So my ghost passed your ghosts and unstable weather conditions. And we had a, I would say one thing that we're working on too is it was a tornado, but it was a very short tornado. I would say within 24 hours, we had worked it out and figured out and did a better job of communicating. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to go away, but we're getting better at it. It's really all we can hope for at this time. It, to eliminate it, it's probably shooting for the moon utopia but i think we're getting better at recognizing it and i want to be i don't want to well maybe i do want to pat ourselves on the back it only took us a decade honey to figure that out (laughs) right but we're a work in progress like most married people are in the end i love you and i just i i'm i have a much better day when when i like you (laughs) that's (laughs) the way to say it honey (laughs) i always love you you. yeah exactly (laughs) But then the days that I really like you and the days we're getting along and having a great time, that's that's what I signed up for. Me too. And, and so I want to get out of the other stuff as soon as I possibly can or we possibly can. So I think that's part we're shooting for. And I think that really, again, to loop this back into pickleball, that really came to fruition 
on Sunday because we got into a spot. And again, when, and normally when we get in those tense moments on the pickleball court, again, that tornado starts to form. I'm thinking what I think you're thinking and you're thinking what you think I'm thinking and we, we don't talk about it. And so those unstable air masses instability kicks in and that, and then by each other. And then, you know, short before, you know, we're not that we're fighting on the court, but it gets a little short and, and just gets tense. And when you're we're like that, 10, three, and then when you're like that, you can't, you can't win, especially when you're playing at that higher level amateur brackets. It, if their team's flowing and you're not, you're not going to win. Yeah. Right. So we did a really good job at that. And like you said, in life, um, on the pickleball court on Sunday, we did a better job of recognizing that when we switched sides, maybe it was the physical, okay, we're stopping now because you're at six and we're walking to the other side. Maybe that didn't we, hurt. We not. It didn't hurt. It actually really helped us to switch. So by gosh, we came home with our first goal in quite a while. So congratulations, honey. I was really proud of us. Yeah. Congrats to us. That was pretty cool. Um, so what do we got coming up uh, here next uh, few weeks to months? So for future pickleball tournaments, I'm playing with another uh, woman in a women's doubles in June, at the end of June in Dixon, Illinois. So I'm eager to go play in 4-0 women's doubles with my friend Chris. So I have that to look forward to because that'll be just here before you know it. And you're going to do that on your own, which is kind of new for us. Most tournaments almost alternates we've played, whether we play together or not, the other person's there, at least in some capacity. And I'm not going to be, you guys are just making a road trip out of it. Yeah. Um, I have a girl's weekend and play a little pickleball. Yeah. I'm spending the day with my kiddos, just doing a dad day. And so you're just going to report back how it goes. So that should be kind of uh, new and interesting as well. Yeah. And what else do we have uh, on tap? We have, as far as mixed goes, we, we, we haven't even signed up for it yet, but we're going to play uh, a tournament here in July over at Lake Geneva for the UW Whitewater um, pickleball club they're putting one on there so we're gonna give that a shot or I, I take that back we're t- playing mixed and and sorry I'm to give going, me the eye there you, like, i know second. you've played it one time in a in a tournament last year at the app chicago open you you tried your hand at singles um i am going to try and i think you're going to try it too but for the first time i'm going to try singles in women's and i for those of you that don't know me i played in high school volleyball and basketball. I do not have a racquetball background. I do not have a tennis background. And singles is a lot of running and a lot of tennis strokes, ground strokes. But I've played in rack against you, Craig, in singles. Quite a bit. And I think I can handle it. You hold it. your own. Um, I'm going to do 3-5 because I've never done it before. And I really don't know where my skill level is because I've just never done it. So for those of you that are listening, I'm either going to do really well or really bad. I don't think there's going to be an in-between. I'm going to either report back in a future podcast that I'm a 3-5 or I need to go to 3-0. <laughs> so. Well, and two things about that too with singles. One is you've only played me, so you know me so well. So part of that's the tricky part will be new players because you get into a game, you got to figure that out pretty quick. quick. And two, along with that, you're on your own. Like in doubles, you can have somebody help out or a partner can cover you, as they say. But in singles, you're you're out there on your own. You got to figure it out on your own or it's going to be a long day. So that'll be interesting because one thing that Craig is really good at is while we're in our mixed doubles tournaments or even in rec play, he can identify the X's and O's. He was a past football player. So he's very cognizant and aware of what those X's and O's are. And he'll be able to change up our strategy in the middle of a game based upon what he sees. So I'm not as good as that. So with singles, 
I might lose 11-0 because I couldn't quite figure out the X's and O's well, fast enough. But I'll be, I will be there for that one too. So with using your timeouts and switching at six stuff, I can, can kind of help coach when there's a timeout. Yeah. Yeah. So additional to that, additionally to that, excuse me, we also just signed up for this. Last night or the night before? This came out of the, kind of out of the blue of my end, but we're going to go down to Kansas City, Missouri and play in a PPA. It's a PPA hosted tournament, which is one of the pro tour stops, but it's a golden ticket qualifier to nationals. So what does that mean, Craig? A golden ticket qualifier? Uh, it, it gets a little long-winded, but so the USA Pickleball Association holds their nationals, national championships every year around November. And throughout the year, they have qualifying tournaments in which you can... By winning a certain series of tournaments, you usually have to play more than one. By winning, going through those tournaments and winning all of them, you qualify to play in those in the national championship bracket in November. The golden ticket qualifiers, there's a I don't know a handful, handful, eight of them throughout the year. If you happen to win that tournament, you get a physical oversized golden ticket, like you would see in Willy Wonka up at the metal podium and that that gets you guaranteed access straight to nationals so um so this is more of a this is a brainchild of yours i'm gonna blame you for this it one it was because we like to sit at night and watch pro pickleball and we watch a lot of ppa tournaments and it came up that they always do a little advertisement as you're watching about the future and upcoming ppa tournaments and I always look for ones that are around here in the Midwest, which there aren't a lot because a lot of those PPA tournaments are outdoors. So they usually do them in warmer climates like Arizona, California, Florida, Carolinas. And I saw one coming up and I went, oh, Kansas City. That's not too far. So you know me, I opened up my laptop, brought up the internet and Google mapped it. And by gosh, golly, it's seven hours and 45 minutes and, away. And while you're doing this, I'm blissfully ignorant in another room, just minding my own darn business. And I say, honey, you want to come here? I have an idea, which he hates saying that. <laughs> it always, always leads to something. That's equivalent to, can I talk to you for a second? It's yeah. right up there, husband husband lore. I'll use a comedian. I, t- I, I speak wife. Yeah. If you ever listen to Steve Trevino, he's a comedian out on YouTube or Amazon Prime. He's got a special called I Speak Wife. That's a whole different... That's tangent. another whole, yeah. yeah, go down that rabbit hole, but you'll understand the comment I say or when Craig said, yeah, okay, I know what this means when she says, come here, honey. So I was doing my research, brought Craig into the living room and said, hey, how about the PPA Kansas City Open? Let's register for that. It's a great weekend. It's the end of August. We can have some fun. It's only like with with restroom stops, it's only like eight hours in a car ride. We've done that before. We've gone to Cincinnati. So as you just heard, there was a vote. And, and it came out 1-0. We're going so we to registered. Kansas City. So yeah, that is, when is that? I the end of August. Oh yeah, thank you. End of August. So yeah, we're going to take a road trip August down there. August 25th through the 27th. Something like that. It's but the end of August. So gonna, we'll report on that. How we're going to we give that a whirl. So yeah, that's that's what we got coming up right now for us playing in tournaments. But um, getting back to the lift while you climb. Um, theme. Yeah, theme. Uh, we also have one more tournament coming up here, actually coming up pretty quick, two, three weeks now. And that is a tournament that we, Lisa and I, uh, co-host here in Janesville uh, as members of the Janesville Pickleball Club. It's a, uh, it's called the Fire, Firecracker, Firecracker Classic. Classic. I almost screwed that up. <laughs> pickleball tournament. It's a long title, but we do it over the 4th of July weekend. And we started it in 2022. And we had to figure out very creatively how to 
do this tournament because we, as we said earlier in the podcast, we only have six outdoor courts. They are beautiful at Riverside Park, the city of Janesville. We are called the city of parks. So we have beautiful parks, but we're limited on what we could do with only six courts. So we decided last year for our inaugural tournament to do a 3-0 mixed division level in the morning and a 3-5 mixed doubles in the afternoon. So it's just mixed doubles, 3-0 and 3-5. And the reason we decided to do that goes back to our podcast title, Lift While You Climb. We are big proponents in the fact that everybody that started, like we started somewhere. We started in Four years ago. summer of 2019, not knowing what the word pickleball went, was, went what the a, sport was, what a, a paddle was. Went to a lesson and tried to figure out what this was about. Heck, you've heard us say we went and not bought wooden paddles. I mean- Still have them. We still have them, but we don't <laughs> use them. But everybody starts off somewhere, and we want to lift other pickleball players who are at that beginning level, show them what a tournament looks like, what's capable- all the things that go with playing in a tournament, the stress, the strategy, the joy, um, and and how working with a partner in a tournament setting might look different in rec play. But we want to lift them so that they do become better players ultimately. So we're really adamant about helping others improve their game. And we we lo- we personally love tournament play. Like Lisa said, and I tell everybody this: it's like the most stressful, intimidating. Um, difficult yet. I don't want to be here fu- yet. Fun and rewarding and joyful times you could ever do. You 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 are almost quite literally suffering the whole day. But then you, it's the minute it gets done, the first question you ask you or your partner is, "When can we do it again?" It's just it's a, it's just the funniest thing in the world. And so we want to pass that along too. And there's a lot of folks that would fall in that three oh three five, which is kind of the uh, not beginner, but kind of the rec player and maybe rec players are starting to get more competitive. A lot of those folks just don't have a good path or a guide to get into tournaments or how the tournament thing works. And so, to again, to your point, Lisa, we really wanted to create an event that was both competitive, but also very welcoming to uh, especially first-timer, newer tournament pl- um, players to really get their feet wet and, and really provide that launch, a launch pad for them to go on to bigger and better things in terms of tournament and competitive play. So for this year, 2023, we're doing it again over the 4th of July weekend on Saturday, July 1st at Riverside Park, starting small again, um, but hopefully looking to make it larger because a lot of the proceeds, like this year, we're what the first time we included sponsorships. So for those of you that know me, I always try to do things better the next time because I always think there's things you can improve on. Um, event planning is part of my what I do for a living. So I included sponsorships this year to grow the amount of net proceeds from this tournament. When you say sponsorships, you mean like corporate corporate sponsorships, presenting sponsors. I used all the pickleball words like a lob sponsor, a hydration sponsor, a dink sponsor, so that we could grow the amount of proceeds to help with our efforts at the Janesville Pickleball Club in conjunction with the city of Janesville, yep. to help with future capital improvements, i.e. meaning six more pickleball courts so that ultimately in the end, our hope and our goal with the city and the Janesville Pickleball Club is to have 12 outdoor dedicated pickleball courts because then we could be able to provide more rec play to the Janesville Pickleball Club, um, bring more people 
into the sport and have enough courts, but also have a larger tournament with more divisions, um, maybe include a 4-0 plus, maybe have women's or men's. Well, we just can't do that the, with the limited facilities that we have right now. The tournament we just went to, we were just talking about up in Sun Prairie, they have 10 courts and they had just multiple divisions all weekend long. And it was just a great, it was a great event. And I, I don't know the numbers, but it's got to be a great revenue stream for that pickleball club up there. And they do the same. Most pickleball clubs put on tournaments for two reasons. One is to provide that fun and competitive environment for their for their players, but also it's a it's a revenue generator for their club, and it's almost always to improve or expand the facilities or maintain or yeah maintain as well. Yes, of course. So right now we're like I said, starting small. It's only one day. Now we could do a second day with another division. But for those of you that have ever organized, planned, and ran a tournament or any event, it's a heavy lift. So for us to do it two days in a row, we're just not quite there yet. Craig and I would like to enjoy our 4th of July weekend, so we're only dedicating a day. Yeah, it can be too much really fast. We just didn't want to overextend ourselves and just either burn out or or not, not do it right. We'd rather do it right and do it a lot. Yeah. I do want to thank and do a shout out to our local radio station, WCLO. Tim Bremmel had us on um, at his talk show um, to help us promote the tournament and um, just a really great opportunity for us to talk about the tournament and the growth of the sport. And Prior to the interview, though, what Tim Tim and his wife actually were gracious enough to come on down to the courts too and let us show them how to play, how the game is played. We we got a few games in with them so to give them some good... Um, reference as to what we keep yammering on about when we talk about pickleball yeah, in these interviews. Yeah, he had us on last year. And after he had us on in our inaugural year, I said, you know, next year we're going to get you down here on the court so you can actually see what this sport is all about. And by gosh, him and his wife did come down and had a good time, I think. She said there was too many rules, but <laughs> she'll learn them. There are quite a lot when you first start. When you start, pickleball is a bit can be a bit um, eccentric, sounding, but uh, yeah, you get used to it. So that's upcoming on July 1st, and we look forward to hosting that and welcoming people from not only Janesville, but the surrounding areas too. We have almost a full slate. We have 12 teams in each division in 3-0 and 3-5, and I think we're one spot short. One or two. Yeah, we're almost uh, full already, so that's good. Almost full, so that's great. Um, a lot of interest, which shows that um, we probably should expand next year um, with the amount of registered players the interest. that quickly. Well, and even I've, I was pinged offline by more than one person, more than one way about, hey, are there going to be other divisions? Is there a 4-0? Is there men's and women's? And we kept saying, no, there's not because <laughs> it's just Lisa and I. Well, one of the things as we've played tournaments as well is you'll have some players who are almost a 5-0, and they will be registering in a 4-0 division. Uh, Our old friend sandbagging. So if you don't know what the word sandbagging is in pickleball, you can look that up, but it's when higher players register for a lower division and then literally just fly through the bracket and crush everyone and take home the gold. So as tournament directors for our Firecracker Classic tournament, we were very diligent this year to require a duper account and to show register players who don't know what a duper account is to help them set one up again for the future pickleball and for future pickleball tournaments that they might register for what that is so we could help prevent that quote unquote 
sandbagging. So really, a slate of 12 teams of 3.5 to 3.99 is literally 3.5 to 3.99 players. That's the goal. Um, and Duper, for those who don't know what it is, I'm not going to go on here. It's, it's quite the rabbit hole as well, but it stands for Dynamic Universal Pickleball Rating. It's a player skill rating platform that you record scores and there's an algorithms involved that kind of spit out your current ratings that is to be should be used by event organizers uh, whether it's leagues or tournaments to again to to police or verify normalize the the skill levels of the players that are playing in the divisions of their events um everybody complains in regards to sandbagging about the players who again are, are higher level who are trying to get into lower level tournaments, which is very valid. It's it's extremely aggravating. But what people don't talk about, and I, but I I got the mic, so I'm gonna take a minute here. You go. Uh, <laughs> what really bugs me about it is the tournament directors themselves who are to me is just as culpable and guilty because they will ask for or require duper rating when you would register, which is all well and good. But that does no that doesn't do anything unless the tournament directors actually physically police the people registering for this tournament. So a lot of tournaments you and I have gone into, we've had to put our duper rating in, which was great. We play like say a four oh to four five and, and we, somebody, we get done later and there's we look them up four and eights four and eight, five four twos nine, or and it's something silly and it, I'm like, why were they there, in that division? There's no reason that should be happening. If you're a tournament director and you're requiring duper, you're having duper people or having people put their duper ratings into the registration, there's no reason you can't go in there and check that. It's not a lot of effort uh, to look up somebody's name and see what their rating is. And then I think really it's one of two things. Either it comes down to having the the guts to the make that phone call, that email with that player saying, sorry, you, you're welcome to play up into a higher division where you belong, or you can go find another tournament where you should be playing equal competition. Or B, and this is just me, uh, I, I'm not accusing anybody of, any, of anything, but it, you know it, there is money involved too. So it's probably hard to turn that registration money away as well. And so the combination of those, I think, stuff slides. And it's very unfortunate because it really screws over all the other players who have signed up in the correct division to play what they expect is fair competition for their skill level. It frustrates players, like you said. And we've tried to do a really good job. And and I applaud you, Craig, because I do a lot of the upfront work for the Firecracker Classic Tournament. You do a lot of the back end. Um, and you, you have policed our registrants. And as you said earlier, I think you've told and had the guts to have that conversation with Couple two or times. three Couple registered times. players because you said you are a four oh and above player. And he knows that because either A, he's checked the duper account, or we know them personally and we know where they're at and they're signing up for the wrong division. It's not it's not even knowing it personally, just if it it's just even if they weren't true, like say four O's and they were really kind of three five player, but their rating was off for whatever reason, duper's not perfect, no system is. Um it's just a, it's a it's an optics thing too because other players can go in that duper is a very open platform. Any player can go in there and look up any other player. So it, we had the, we actually had this last year, even though we we didn't use duper, but we were trying to police it more subjectively. But we still had a call complaints of hey, you know, the team that either got really high or won, you know, they were actually way higher than whatever division they were in. And you hear that all the time. It's that you don't go to a tournament and not hear 
well, so-and-so was in there and they, you know, they won it and they shouldn't have been in there. Should be another one. That's fine. But it goes back to what I said. We try to improve each and every year. And not only did we improve in including sponsorships to garner more net proceeds to help create additional pickleball courts, we also decided to integrate and add the duper so that we could police those. So we didn't have those comments, even though we probably will still have those at some level, but we tried to address and take that feedback and make the tournament better this coming year. So we're trying. We're humans, though. So please give us some grace if you come down. But I also want to add, too, if you're in this area and you do listen to us, please come down. There's beautiful park space where you can just come and watch the pickleball tournament on July 1st. We had a we'll run from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Riverside Courts, the Jim Clark pickleball. We had dozens of players, sorry, dozens of people just spectating yes uh, last year just hanging out and just watching watching the pickleball whether they were just curious about the game and what the heck is this and what's going on because we had a bit of a spectacle going on there between all the tents and the music and all that jazz um or just friends and family or fans of the game just to sit and want to watch some competitive competitive play and this year we're um adding a food truck and um there's going to be uh Again, more music and just a really festive atmosphere down there. So come on down and, and check it out. You're welcome to ask questions. Um, that's one of our favorite things, I think, at least going back to Liftway to Climb for folks who are just completely uh, ignorant to pickleball. Like, what is what is this thing and how does it work? To uh, people want to know about tournaments or how do you guys do? I, we are I happy could, to answer I any questions. I could talk about that all day long. I love that. This is why we created a podcast because we can talk about it all day long. Yeah. And yeah. we try to limit this to 45 minutes to an hour so we don't bore the heck out of it. <laughs> right. But, but we're we could, probably we getting go to on. that yeah. marker. <laughs> yeah, we could go on, but yes. we won't. Yeah, so, so that's we're really looking forward to it. And like Craig said, we welcome anybody in this area. Heck, even if you're in this area from California or Texas and want to come and check it out, um, teach us a few things, we're always up for that too. So come on down. Yeah, we don't know everything. So if you guys come down and see something, say something. Not a problem. Uh, July 1. 8 a.m. to about 5 p.m. is when the play will be happening. It's yep. going to be an all-day affair. And uh, yeah, come on out Bring and check it out. Bring your lawn chairs. Yeah. Yeah. So um, hopefully that explains our our episode of Lifting While You Climb and, and bringing people along um, and helping them rise and learn pickleball to their greatest abilities. And we, we – we, we, how do I say this? We – we want to do this episode and we want to call it this because really believe in it. Again, I can't even tell you where I heard that or we heard that term. Some One of us heard it somewhere. We heard it somewhere. And it just, we latched onto it immediately. And it's something we want to share. I think that's one of the reasons we're talking about it here as an episode because, man, if we if all of us could just do that a little bit, and a lot of us do already. But it if would we make could just, the world a better place if everyone, yeah. not just in pickleball, lifted other people up. Uh, saying I often say, specifically just with women, I know this is off topic, but if women with to other women could just straighten their crowns a little bit more with other women. Straighten each other's crowns a little bit. Yeah, you just the world would be such a better place. And I think why it attached to our hearts, Craig, so much when we heard that the first time was because we're both caring and helpful people by nature. So that really probably struck a chord with within us that we wanted to help others improve. Like people helped us. Well, I mean, people I, helped us start and we want to help others start. I think a lot of people are caring and helpful by nature. I don't think we're special because of that. I, I just like that. That's just a cool mantra to me. And I think it helps make it more um, upfront 
or uh, makes people, it makes us more aware of, of being that caring and helpful person when sometimes it's easy not to be that, even though you generally are, sometimes it's easy not to go there. And uh, I we just wanted to share that because maybe that helps other folks too with, hey, you know, um, when, when in doubt, just, just do the right thing. Be nice. Assume yeah, positive nice. intent. <laughs> yep. Give somebody grace. Don't be an a-hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said you. it much more succinctly. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> But right. so I hope we hope you all enjoyed this episode and um, we'll get back to you with the next episode. We don't know what that's titled yet, but I'm sure it'll be fun and might invigorating a, just as always. Might, right, honey? Might have a mountain or a Western reference and it's a little teaser for next time. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Yep. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.